Good evening, Lake Church. How are you tonight? Hey, that's pretty good for a Wednesday night. At least you're not falling asleep on us. Well, I've got a few announcements. 10 o'clock, Sunday morning, Cross-Eyed, a new series that Pastor's doing. I love the graphic for that. He's got a big eye up there, but it's got a cross in it. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I was talking to somebody online. They said, I remember when Grandma used to tell me, don't look cross-eyed because your eyes get stuck that way. And <clears throat> we were talking and said, this is the good kind of cross-eyed, where you look at the cross and fix your eyes on it. So invite people to come Sunday morning for this. It's a great teaching. He's only done one, and I mean, it's already fantastic. Excuse me. Then on January 12th at 1 p.m., we will be having Young at Heart for all of you Young at Heart people, and we'll be having it out here in the Commons area. So come and and, uh, join Linda and John Barker and the rest of the crew and have a great time. They always have really great discussions and teaching. Then don't forget about this Sunday night at eight at eight, excuse me, at six p.m. Um, we have Sunday night school disclosure with Pastor Greg. Then you ready for this? January twenty ninth. We will be having a special guest. Rick Renner is going to be in the house. Come with your Sunday best. No, I don't care if you wear your Sunday best. But come and enjoy this teaching. He is a mighty, powerful man of God, a great Greek scholar. Um, Pastor and I have read many of his books through the years. And I'll tell you, his ministry is awesome. If you don't know about him, look him up, but he has a large church in Moscow, Russia. So now I want to say, make sure to check the app. If you want to know what's going on in this church, we do very minimal announcements of everything that we got going on. So get the church app and download it. And you can, one, pay your tithes on it, which is great. But you can check the bulletin and find out everything that we're up to and all the activities are happening. So, um, you know, you can go to uh, the uh, Church Center app and look for Lake Church. And it's real easy to download and real easy to use. (laughs) Excuse me. So, what time is it? Gosh, that was weak. It's offering time. You know, I want to share with you just a little bit real quick. You know, your tithes and offerings go to a lot of different areas in this church. But we've been able to be doing some online ministry. Pastor just got through doing a online conference a couple weeks ago in Pakistan and how many was it 720 pastors were at this little meeting and he got to teach 
and I've done a couple in the Philippines, and, and your, your tithes and offering help us pay for these things. So, you know, your giving goes to this. Now, tonight you can give your tithes and offering back there with Brother Jerry. He has a bucket back there. Don't forget you've got the envelopes if you like to do the old-fashioned uh, write a check or put your cash in. And uh, you can also text to give. And we have, of course, the Church Center app. So I thank you for your time. And, Pastor, it's yours. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus. And I'm going to cover a lot of ground that you already know. But I think that uh, it's important that we are reminded of these things. Uh, two areas that the believer should always be uh, investing in is in faith and healing. And especially healing and provision, because you live in this world. You're not in the world. You're not of the world, but you're in the world. So the world's going to touch your body, and it's going to. You're going to need money every day. Amen. Amen. So it's important for you to understand that the provision of Jesus, His death, burial, and resurrection, not only purchased us salvation and new life and uh, an eternity with him, but it also purchased physical healing and provision. Amen? And so it's important that we as believers stir ourselves up because you're not going to be opposed in your inner man. Your inner man is sealed. It can't be touched by the enemy. Amen? The new man on the inside of you is righteous just like Jesus. And uh, it cannot be touched, and it cannot, you know, he cannot sin. She cannot sin. Amen? But guess what? You've got a physical body, and you've got a soul that needs to be renewed. And the physical body is not renewed, and it's not going to be renewed until Jesus transforms it. Amen? So you're going to have to deal with it. And uh, guess what happens? Colds, flus, viruses, weakness. Sickness tries to come upon the physical body. Well, guess what? Jesus made provision for that. But we've got to understand how he does it. We have to understand that, number one, that the word is the healer today. The word is the healer today. If you're going to operate in divine healing and healing in your body you're going to have to be a person of the Word of God. Amen? So we're going to be talking about some things and some concepts. And I'm going to take my time. I'm going to start, and then we're going to have a guest uh, next week. Uh, Pastor Kenny Powers will be with us, and I'm excited about that. And and uh, then I'll be back with you, and we'll, we'll continue. But uh, I'm going to give you just kind of an overview so that we can get started in this. But we need to establish some things. Especially when it comes in regard to the provision of, of healing. How does God heal today? That's what we need to understand. That's what we need to get a hold of. Because many of us are confused about how healing comes. Uh, some of us beg God for healing when things affect our bodies. 
And that is not the New Testament approach. Uh, Some of us look for uh, a a man of God or a woman of God, and we seek out all kinds of special services. And that's more for the lost than it is for the believer. The believer should have a relationship with the Word of God to such a degree that healing is administered to their body on a daily basis. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So I got a lot of stuff to say. Amen. And we'll be here till midnight. No, I'm just kidding, but I'm just going to take my time, all right? So let's look at uh, Exodus 15. Anybody got this highlighted in their Bible? Amen. This This is a good scripture. Amen. Exodus chapter 15 and verse number 26. Let's look at it. It says, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, he said, I'll put none of the diseases on you that I put upon the Egyptians. Now notice, people get confused by that. Well, that was judgment. God passed judgment on Egyptians who refused to cooperate with him in letting his people go. Amen? And he says, for I am the Lord that heals you. Or I am the Lord your healer. Amen? That's what this translation says. I am the Lord your healer. Lots of various translations. We look at this word in the original Hebrew, we see the Lord, your physician. Another translation says, I am the Lord, your health. Another translation says, I am the Lord that fixes you. Amen. Praise God. God fixes us. Amen. Now, one thing that you have to understand that this is in the Hebrew, this is in the continuous present tense so it can actually be translated this i am the lord that is healing you so that means how many realize you need healing every day how many realize that there are things that are microbes that are attacking your body even as we speak that we live in a hostile environment and hostile world and we need the lord our healer and he is continuously taking care of his people as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that is healing us. Amen. He's continuously healing us. He's continuously restoring us. Amen. He does not reside in time. So therefore everything that he does is not limited. Amen. So he continuously gives us a supply of health and healing Because he is the I am. Amen. Now there are people that think that he's not the I am. He's the I was. But when he makes a definitive statement that he is the I am. There's nobody that has any authority to ever declare that he ever was I was. He is still the I am. The I am statement makes a definitive statement that he is and always shall be past, present, and future 
the Lord that heals us. Amen? I want you to say this out loud. He is the Lord that heals me. He is my health. He is my strength. He is continuously healing me. Amen. Hallelujah. See, you got to start saying that stuff. You got to start making this yours. Amen. But we have to understand that he says something very interesting in this. And the King James says, if you will hearken, this uh, version says, if you will diligently listen. Okay. Now the title of this message is hear and be healed, as you can see on the top of the screen there. And we're going to view this and look at this. And we've got to understand that many times we have to understand that we rush in to go and pray for somebody or, you know, I, I, I'll give you an illustration. I was uh, dealing with an individual and one of the kids in our school was having some issues with a cold or something of that nature. And I didn't know this person. I, I you know, they, they just go to the school. I don't have any idea. And, and a lady says, uh, go and pray for him. Well, you don't understand that we just don't go running out and, and come on now. First off, the person's not under my authority. He doesn't even know who I am. Oh, come on. You're not getting, you don't want to hear this. See, when a person is submitted under somebody and they're able to minister to them, that, that's different. But just to rush over and just, you know, slapping hands on people and stuff like that, that's not what, even what Jesus did. In fact, majority of the people that uh, were touched by Jesus' ministry, they touched him. Amen. So this, this person didn't know me, didn't have any, didn't even know who I was. What in the world? There was no authority structure, nothing to work with. Okay, if I stood somebody up, like if I stood Kevin up here, and he's unsaved, and I said, uh, Jesse, come up and save him. That's the same thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a process by which God works. Amen? We don't necessarily need to rush into healing. We need to rush into hearing. Now, if gifts of the Spirit are in operation and anointings are in operation, that's a totally different thing. But that is as the Spirit wills. That is not something I can pull out. Well, I'm going to go and just go empty out a nursing home or empty out a hospital. Jesus didn't even do that. This is too rough for you? Okay, well, you need to understand that, that Jesus operated... As a man anointed by the Spirit of God, there are people that think that he healed as God. That would be illegal. 
And there would be no way that he could transfer that over for us because if he did it as God, we're not God. He emptied himself, Philippians chapter 2 says. And it says in in, uh, Acts chapter 10 and verse number 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. So, I mean, if you're already the anointing, why do you need an anointing? And notice it says Jesus of Nazareth, which is his earthly name. That's the son of man. So it's telling you that he was anointed by God to operate in, in this way. And in fact, many times people will say things like this. Well, Jesus could have done everything. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus did not say that. Jesus would say things like this. I can of my own self do nothing. But whatsoever I see the Father do, that's what I do. I can say nothing unless I hear the Father say it. He totally was submitted unto the Father. Was he the Son of God? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He was deity. God manifest in the flesh. But he subordinated himself and operated as a man and had limitations just as you and I had limitations. In fact, when he went to his own hometown, it says he could there do no mighty work. Are you with me? It didn't say that he wouldn't do it. It says he could there do no mighty work, and it was because of their unbelief. They wouldn't believe what he was saying, so therefore it limited his ability to minister to them. And that is the same principle today for you and I. So we need to learn to hear and be healed. Amen? Are you ready? You sure? So he says, hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. I like that in the King James because it just doesn't mean hearing It means doing something about what you heard. He said, if you'll diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, do that which is right in his sight, and listen to his commandments, he says, I won't cause these things to come upon you that came upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Amen? Amen? Now listen, the law doesn't qualify us for healing, but Jesus' sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection does give us the basis to believe God for healing in our bodies. Amen? I love 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bore my sin in his body on the tree, that I, being dead to sin, should live to righteousness, by whose stripes I was healed. Past tense. Amen? I'm telling you, we have a healing God. We have a God that desires for you to walk in divine health, He desires for you to walk in healing. He desires to sustain your life. He desires to strengthen your body. He desires to take care of all of your sicknesses and all of your diseases. In fact, the Bible says that himself took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. You can sit there and say, I don't believe that. Well, you won't be bothered with it then. Because it requires your belief. Amen. Now let's look at another scripture in the book of Psalms, Psalm 103. Very familiar scripture to us, to us all. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not 
all, everybody say all, all of his benefits, not half his benefits, not three quarters of his benefits, not a quarter of his benefits, all of his benefits. So there's a benefit package. You have a benefit package. Some of you, when you went and started in your new job, they offered you a benefit package. Well, guess what? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has afforded you a benefit package. And praise God, this is Old Testament here. So we have a new and better covenant. Amen? They had a $50 bill. We have a $100 bill. And guess what? Their 50 is in our 100. Amen? Come on now. Now look at some of the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Now, how many people believe that? That he forgives all your sins and iniquity? Come on, anybody? Come on, lift your hand up there. How many believe that? You don't want to know why that is universal and why that everybody in every church that's meeting tonight and meets on Sunday morning in this area will tell you, yes, absolutely, he forgives all of our sins and iniquity is because that has been proclaimed without reservation with the strongest of conviction and the strongest of belief. I mean, people will fight you if you say God doesn't forgive. How many times have you sat across from someone that thought they didn't qualify for salvation and you said, no, God will forgive you. And they'll say, well, you don't know what I've done. No, God will forgive you. We are firmly persuaded of that fact. But he doesn't just stop there, Joe. He goes, who heals half of your diseases? Just some special cases. Just, 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 you know, you know, when the Lord moves, you know, he, he decides he wakes up in the morning and he says, Oh, I feel sorry for them. I'm going to, I'm going to help these people, but you know, I'm not going to help this person here. They, they're, they're learning a lesson. You know, is that, that what, what he's saying? No, he says he heals all your diseases. So if the first part's true. Let me come over here. If the first part's true, then guess what? The second part's true. Amen? We just haven't been schooled in that. We've got entire theological and seminaries and all these guys with letters at the end of their names telling you that the miracles have passed away and that healing has passed away. When did he become the I was? When did he become I am not the Lord that heals you? When did that happen? When did he ever say that? Is it God's will that all should come to repentance and none should perish? Are there people perishing? Are there people that are not repenting? Does that mean that God's, that's not God's will? Absolutely not. God wills everybody to be saved, but there are people dying and going to hell right now as we're meeting. But that, we take that logic into healing and we think, well, not everybody's healed. Like that's the reason why it's not God's will. There's nothing could be further from the truth. 
Amen? Just because your neighbor or your family member did not get healed does not mean that that was God's will for them to die of sickness and disease. Because he clearly says the benefit package, the redemptive benefit package is that he forgives all your iniquities and he heals all of your diseases. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Think on that a little bit. Meditate on that. People, you know, they'll fight you on the forgiveness of sin. But when you start talking about forget, you know, uh, healing of all diseases, they have a little bit of problems with that. Because they let their experience trump the truth of the word of God. And how did you develop a belief that, you know, when you sinned and you went to the Lord, even as a believer, the Bible says if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. How many have used that? How many use that today? Well, why can you believe that once you confess your sin, you're forgiven, you can walk up like it never happened? How did you get to that point? You embraced a message, you received that message, and you acted on that message. Well, it's the same thing with the other one. Selah. Amen. So we're more convinced, you know, back in Jesus' day, if you look at the second chapter of the book of Mark, back in Jesus' day when the the man came down from the roof, you know, and uh, Jesus looks at him, he says, son, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees had a problem with that. They said, who is he that can forgive sins? And Jesus said, which is easier? I'm so glad he didn't say which is harder. He said, which is easier? Son, your sins be forgiven or rise, take up your bed and walk. Which is easier? So that you may know that the son of man hath the power to forgive sins. Take up your bed and walk. And the guy got up and walked. Notice they had a problem with the forgiveness of sin. They did not have a problem with the healing of disease. And now we're switched. Amen. Amen. We've got to get a hold of this stuff. We've got to kick over the sacred cows and get rid of this religious thinking that is impeding our ability. Man, is it getting brighter in here? Hallelujah. The glory. (laughs) There's something wrong here. Amen. But notice this. He goes on and he says in verse number four, who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. See, God desires your youth to be renewed. He desires you to be green and growing fruit in old age. How many have got their faith out for that? How many are believing God for that? How many are speaking that forth in their life? Well, guess what? It's part of the benefit package. Amen. It's part of the benefit package. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. Every disease. Every disease. He heals because he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our physician. 
Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's look at Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. This helping anybody? Okay, we're, it, it gets better and better. So, Luke chapter 4. <clears throat> We've got to understand that words are vital and important. That words are the building blocks of everything that we can see and not see. Yes. Amen? Amen? That everything, even our physical body, is built by Words. God built this entire universe, what we see, what we don't see, with his words. Amen? Amen? Words are containers. They contain things. There's creative, intrinsic power within words. You can pack things in words. You can say, hello there. Or you can say, hello there. You're packing something in that word. And here's what we've got to understand. Is that when a physical word comes out of your mouth as a sound wave, it puts pressure in your inner ear, in your eardrum, and you're able to hear the sound the inflection, the tone. Now that's physical. But the intrinsic power within a word is the image it conveys. Do you get that? The word and the wave is physical, but the image is spiritual. You see what I'm saying? The sound wave physically touches your ear, presses upon it, causes you to be able to understand the articulation of it. But the image that you get on the inside from that word is spiritual. So that means that I can use and say different types of words and they convey different imagery. That is based upon a collection of life experience, of uh, philosophy, of way of life, our particular understanding. So when I say the word love and you put it in a mixed crowd, it will go from God is love to love is having to say you're sorry a thousand times. It'll go from very broad spectrum. Our love is only last six months. Our love, see, it creates imagery depending upon your personal experience. If it's not steeped in the word of God, you're not getting the proper image. The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, little do people know that in the actual Hebrew, there is a a phrase that is not translated in your translations 
that is in there almost 9,000 times in the Bible. It's the phrase Aleph Tav. Aleph Tav. In the beginning, God created the Aleph Tav heavens and the earth. The Aleph Tav is the Hebrew alphabet. It's the same phrase that Jesus used that's translated in the Greek as Alpha and Omega. So that tells you that God, when he created the world, we see how God does things from the very first verse of the Bible. When we see the very first chapter, the creation hymn that is outlined in the first verses of Genesis chapter 1, we see God speaking and we see the Holy Spirit moving. And within that, we see God declaring the word moving, the Holy Spirit creating what the word has brought forth. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when it says, and God said, let there be light, we see all three members of the Godhead in that phrase. God being the Father, said being the Word, and then the Holy Spirit causing light to come forth. Do you understand this? See, this is basic understanding on how God works and operates in the world. And that's how he always operates. He operates, heals, restores, sets free, renews, refreshes, vivifies, enlivens, resurrects through his word. Now we'll get into this a little bit later, but Jesus comes and we see in uh, John chapter 1. In verse number one, it says, in the beginning was what? The word. That's the Aleph Tav. The reason why he's represented as the Aleph Tav is because he is the alphabet. He is the, oh my goodness. He is the building block of everything in creation. So if he is the Olive Tav, if he is the word from God, if Olive Tav represents everything and every word that has ever been created and ever been released in the planet Earth, that means that the same word that brought creation into existence is the same word that will heal your body. Says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. It says all things were created by Him. Notice the Word is a Him, and there was nothing that was created that wasn't made by Him. The Bible says. Notice what it says. And the word became flesh, verse 14. 
the olive tav became flesh. Now you've got to understand that concept. You know, in first John, you know, John says this, he says that which we have seen, that's what we have heard. That's what we have touched with our own hands. The word of life. John had an understanding that Jesus was the word. Are you you getting a hold of this? That's the reason why Jesus in the sixth chapter of the gospel of John, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I feel like you need to get this if we're going to go further. He had just fed them bread and fish. And so big, huge, giant crowds started following him. And Jesus was always one that would confront the crowd, always. He'd always confront them in regards to why they were following him. And he turns and he says, you know what? You're just following me because you ate of the fish and you ate of the loaves. And they begin to challenge him and they said, you know what? Our fathers ate manna from heaven. Moses, Moses caused that. He said, Moses didn't, Moses didn't cause that to happen. He said, the father did. He said, and I'm here to tell you, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. And he says, I am the living bread. He goes on. And he says, and whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. What was he saying? Was he talking about cannibalism? No. He was the word made flesh. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How do we eat his flesh? How do we drink his blood? We do it by taking in his word. We got to understand this is basic stuff. Are you getting a hold of this? So that means the book that you hold, whether it's in your phone or whether it's a physical book, which I think you need to have a physical one that you can write in. You know, some of you panic when you don't have your phone. Come on. You should panic when you don't have this. I know a lot of people that say they love Jesus, but they have no relationship with this word. None. In fact, they don't even pick it up until they come to church. Your relationship with Jesus is dependent upon your relationship with this book. Because this is the word. This is him in word form. When I read this book, I am in communion with him. That's right. That's right. Yes. 
Amen. You may not be experiencing the life and relationship from that book right now. But I'm telling you, you continue in it. If you continue in my word, he said. He said, then you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Listen, freedom in your life is dependent upon your relationship with the word of God. But my goodness. Majority of problems in people's lives physically is due to imbalances in their body. And even science is leading us to understand that there is a connection between imbalance in our inner man and imbalance in our outer man. The only thing that can bring balance to your inner man and to your outer man is the word of God. The only thing. But yet, it is put on the shelf. It's not even considered. We'd rather go spend money on medicine and treatments that only deal with the outside and have no lasting results than getting into the Word of God and letting God's Word be the medicine that it is that bring proper balance into our entire being. Because there's a correlation between your inner man and your outer man. And if your inner man is in turmoil and in chaos, your outer man will respond that way. And it's only the word of God that will give you the ability to come into balance. Peace is a spiritual, you know, uh, a spiritual substance. Faith is a spiritual force. These are all things that are inner man things that have to be in proper alignment for your body to be able to respond. Hello. Okay. All right. So let's look at, look at our scripture here. Okay. We'll go to Luke chapter four. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. He didn't say, I'm preaching the good news that everybody gets to go to heaven. He said, I'm going to preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Now, the next verse is in chapter 5. And it's, our, no, 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 go, go, ahead, go right ahead. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea or Galilee, as another translation says. And then it goes on and says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, Why were they pressing in on him? They came to hear something. Did you get a hold of that? They came to hear something. They came to hear the word of God. Hello. Now, I remember early on when I first got saved, you know, I really, church to me was just something uh, I paid my dues. I paid my dues on Sunday to get my mother-in-law off my back. <clears throat> and if I really wanted her to be nice to me, I'd go down and, and to the altar, you know. And uh, I, I'd get a steak dinner and get, you know, all kinds of things. And so it really wasn't. 
And you know, the preaching and teaching at that time, it just wasn't appealing to me. Now, I went to a denominational church, and it wasn't, uh, you know, I mean, they were good people, and they taught the salvation of the Lord. And uh, But to, to hear preaching or to listen to preaching was not my favorite thing to do. Let alone listen to tapes or anything of that nature. I just... I just didn't didn't want anything to do with it. I was done. You know, when I walked out the door, I didn't think about it not one time. How many know what I'm talking about? I didn't think about it at all. And then I got radically saved, you know. And uh, I just needed the word, you know. And so I didn't have a lot of money at the time. And... I went out to Rama one time with a good friend of mine. He's passed away. He's been on, he's with the Lord now. And, uh, they had all these wonderful series, you know, Kenneth E. Hagan and, you know, and just wonderful things about faith, things that I wanted, but I didn't have the money for them. So they had this little setup as kind of a tiered thing right in the middle of the bookstore there. And it was dollar tapes. It was, it was leftover tapes that they had from the series that you know weren't they went in the series but you didn't know which series they were you know and and you just get them and i remember finding one where brother hagan it was called uh i believe in visions and uh he it was about his rock wall vision in 1950 in which he first saw jesus and jesus gave him a commission and help you know and i got that and I mean, I put that in my little cassette player in my car, and I'd listen to that over and over and over and over again. And it was so life-transforming to me that I'd have people just come sit in the car and drive them and play that tape <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. And it was a tremendous take because I'd never heard anybody talk like that before. I'd never heard anybody talk that they had any uh, supernatural visitation from the Lord. I, I'd never heard anything like that. I had heard from my church that all that passed away. Jesus doesn't do anything. Even though in the second chapter of the book of Acts, the apostle Peter says, your young men shall have visions. The actual word means your young men will have divine visitations. So there's scriptural basis for that stuff. Now, of course, they have to be judged by the word of God. You can't just go by everybody that says they've seen Jesus and seen this. But you know what, Brother Hagin? He had the fruit to show for it. And I, I, I didn't understand it all. I didn't have any concept about what he was saying. I just knew that it was feeding my spirit. And I mean, I listened to that over and over. I mean, I listened to it and I'd put it in for people. And you know what? They just roll their eyes. They just sit on the, you know, on the driver's on the passenger seat, and they're going to roll their eyes like, "Oh my gosh!" They were going to listen to this again. You know, they had no appreciation for what was being brought forth. And and many times I would get a tape series and listen to them over and over. I'd, I'd finally be able to get a series. In fact, my pastor David Emi, he had a lot of wonderful series, and he taught along the same lines. And was a tremendous teacher of the Lord. And I would listen to his stuff 
over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it changed my life. It just changed my life. It changed everything about who I was and what I was supposed to be. It changed my viewpoint of everything. I began to see myself redeemed from the curse of the law. I began to see myself healed. I began to see myself, come on, because I'm listening to this stuff over and over and over and over again. And you know, I have friends that I'm really close to and you want to see them get what you got out of what you've been getting. And so you hand it to them and you say, man, you need to listen to this. You need to listen to this word. It'll change your life. And they look at you like, what's in that music? No, there's no Black Sabbath on there or Grand Funk. Said, well, what's on it then? Preaching. What? (laughs) You mean you'd actually want to torment yourself by listening to something that you went through on Sunday morning? (laughs) Hello, they had no esteem for it whatsoever. And you'd say, no, you've got to listen to this. You've got to listen to this. This is the best stuff. And then you meet up with them weak. Did you listen to that? No, I hadn't listened to that yet. Then two weeks goes by, three weeks goes by. Did you listen to it? Well, I put it on for about 10 minutes or so. Hello. I remember I had a Bible in which, you know, I, I was real, uh, I loved, you know, and wrote in. And it was one of my first Bibles that I had. And, and I remember there was this uh, young lady in my life. She was struggling in her walk with the Lord. And, and I just gave her my Bible because it had all the good juicy notes. It had all of the highlighted scriptures. It had everything. Hello. I ended up having to take it back after a few months because she never used it. We're wondering why healing is not manifesting in our lives and we have a disrespectful attitude and we don't properly esteem the word. When you don't properly esteem that book, you're not properly esteeming Jesus. How many of your marriages would survive if you communicated with your spouse as much as you read your Bible? That's hardcore, isn't it? Hammer, don't hurt me. That's the truth. We want the things from Jesus, but we just don't want him. We want what the fine print says, but we just don't want the relationship. I'm telling you, my friends, there is an aspect of pursuing God within the word that will transform your life in such a way that you will never, ever be the same. The word of God is living and active. This is a living organism. Hello. 
So let's go on. Luke chapter. Let's go to, uh, let's go down a little bit here. Luke chapter 5. Uh, yeah, Luke chapter 5. And let's go down to, uh, can we go down to verse number 15? If you can find that. Verse number 15, it says, But now even more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to what? Hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. What did they come first to hear, to do? They came first to hear. So you've got to understand that in order to get healing, you got to hear. How did you get saved? Just like I go back to my illustration and set up. Kevin up here and I say Jesse save him what's Jesse going to do he's going to give him the report of the Lord he can't do it without the report there's no healing without the report you understand that they came to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Let's go to the sixth chapter of the gospel of Luke six and look at verse number 17. It says, and he came down with them and stood on a level place and a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all of Judea and Jerusalem and in the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. Next verse. Hallelujah. Don't have it. Okay. Well, it says who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. They came to hear something and then they came to be healed. So hearing and healing go hand in hand. Hand. Amen? They do. So let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans, we got that one. So faith comes from what? And hearing. Through the word of Christ. That's the exact translation. It's not the word of God, it's the word of Christ. Because... It's not just anybody reading the word. It's not just anybody preaching the word. The word Christ means the anointed. When the anointed word comes forth, faith comes. When you hear the anointed word. Now listen, we've all sat in services in which the word was not anointed. Even though they read from the Bible. Many times in your own personal life, you have read the Bible and it just felt flat. But there's times in which you read the Bible and you went over a scripture 10, 12 times and all of a sudden it just got electric in. Come on now. That's what he is saying. This is not just you reading the Bible out loud. This is not just you finding a scripture 
and being proud of yourself for knowing where it's at. This is the continuous hearing of the anointed word of God. That means that it is not just Logos word, but it is Rhema word. It is an active revealing word. Faith comes when you, you know when faith comes. I'm telling you, if you're a believer and you're here, you know when faith comes. When the word hits you and quickens you and you feel that anointing and that surge from that word. There could be 10 verses on the page that you're looking at and one just hits your heart. It begins to uh, be illuminated in your sight. You begin, that is the word of Christ. But it comes by hearing. But yet, people don't want to come to church to hear. To get them to come to church once a month. To hear the word of God. And they wonder why they're not experiencing God's best. Listen, it comes from hearing. You're only going to get into the place in which faith comes alive in your heart. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory over sickness and disease. Faith is the victory over provisional problems. And if you don't put yourself in a position to hear, then you'll never be in a position to be healed or to be set free. Because that's how it works. That's how it works. Amen. Like I said, come pray for him. Pray for him. He's sick. Well, he didn't want to hear from me. He was voiding my eyesight. You know, he, he didn't want me, you know, some stranger. Come on now. No, you got to hear and be healed. There has to be, you know, when you're submitted unto teaching, like right now, when you're submitted unto teaching, you're submitting unto the word. So therefore the word's active. It's operate. It's operational. Some of you are making the connection. Some of you are not. Just all there is to it. Some of you are saying, hey, I'm hooking up with this. Some of you are saying, I don't know about that. But the word's active. It's active right now. Anytime you're hearing the word, there is power. There's faith being brought forth right now that can be activated in your life. And it doesn't need to be through the laying on of hands. It doesn't need me be praying for you. It can happen right at your seat right now by you just saying, you know what? I believe that. I'm, I'm going to take that right now. Because when the gospel is preached, the power is available. Are you with me? I'm, I've run out of time. I've run out of time. <clears throat> Where I want you to get is to understand this. It's just as the word Jesus became flesh. We as believers must make the word flesh in our lives. There has to be a transference from the spiritual realm to the physical realm. And the way that it's done is by hearing the 
anointed word of God, believing and embracing and acting upon it, the word becomes flesh. Do you understand that? See, the word has to become flesh in your life. For it to affect your physical life, it has to become flesh. It's spirit. It's spirit. It's not visible or tangible. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't taste it. You can't see it. But it's real. It's absolutely real. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, where the word of a king is, there is power. Right now, as the word of God is going forth, this scripture being spoken forth, there's inherent power in that word. Encapsulated within these words, not my words, not my opinions, not my view on this, but the word of God. There is inherent power encapsulated in those words. God's DNA is in the word of God that is being spoken forth. As it is being spoken forth, you've got a decision whether or not you're going to receive that into your life and make that. You're going to hear it. To truly hear it means to embrace it, to take it in, and to make it yours. Or you can turn the valve off and say, I don't know about that. I don't believe that way. Your whole life depends upon your attitude towards the word of God. Your receptivity or your lack of receptivity to it. When the gospel is being declared, when it's coming forth and the word of God is going forth, there is power available to you. We need to understand this because when we have our guests on Sunday morning, they need a touch from God. So that means that I don't come here as a receiver. I come here activated and ready to believe and ready to embrace and ready to cooperate with the word of God. I don't come here to take, take, take. I come here to receive, but also to give. And good services don't just come because of good preaching. Good services come when all of us collectively are operating as the body of Christ. To effectively hear means to place a demand. Are you getting this? To place a demand on the gift that's bringing forth the word. To place a demand on the text. To place a demand on the inherent power that is in that word. What does that mean? My faith is out there. My faith is out there to catch whatever is coming forth. I'm going to grab a hold of it. I'm going to make it mine. And then I'm going to transfer it to my friends and my family. I'm going to take the power. Come on now. Now, let's go back to Scripture. You guys look like you don't believe me. Hallelujah. All right. The fifth chapter of Luke. Let's go over there, and let's look at verse number 17, if we've got it. Verse number 17. 
I'm going to close with this. I ain't going to keep you too long. It says, on those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. They came to spy Jesus' doctrine so that they could find something against them. That's the sole reason why they were there. They were there because of curiosity. They were there because they wanted to find fault. But notice, because Jesus is preaching that last phrase. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. You want to know why? Why was the power of the Lord there? Because he was preaching the word. But yet you would have to stretch the text to even know that these Pharisees and doctors of the law and teachers, they ever got anything. Could it be that the power is present, but nobody's activated it? Could it be that we could have an environment rich with miracles, signs and wonders and healing power right now? And no one tap into it. Well, guess what? Electricity is the same way. You see, electricity was always here. Benjamin Franklin didn't invent electricity. Come on. He discovered it. Man doesn't make things. Electricity in the natural is akin to God's power in the spiritual. The, 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 the principles of it and the dynamics of it are exactly the same. You've got to understand that electricity was always here, just like all the cellular waves that you're using and all the Wi-Fi and all this stuff is already here. It wasn't something we, we made that. No, it was already here. We're just using it. We're riding on it. God created all these sound waves and, you know, different kinds of unseen things that we all tap into and use in our daily life. They're active. We don't see them unless there's something that's receiving it and manifesting it. These bulbs, they're receiving a current, a flow that you cannot see. The fruit is that we have light. Well, guess what? The current and the flow and the power was in this meeting. Just like it's in this meeting right now. But you've got to choose whether you're going to be one of these bulbs. Or whether you're going to be that chair you're sitting in. Because that chair is not going to conduct it. But that does. That conducts it. See, the power of the Lord was present to heal, the Bible says. But no one was tapping into it. It took a, a, a paralytic man born by four of his friends to come through the roof. Because they knew they needed to get to Jesus. Why did they tear through the roof? Because they heard something. Oh, you're, I hope you're... See, they're responding to what they heard. 
How are you responding to what you're hearing tonight? How are you responding to what you hear on any given teaching? What are you responding in Bible school? How are you responding to what you hear? The quality, consistency, and the, 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 uh, the level of your life is dependent upon your attitude towards the word of God that is coming forth. You can get more out of this service if you'll make a decision. I've run out of time. But I got to tell you this. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 23, it says we're not born of incorruptible but of, of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the living word of God. Hallelujah. How are you born, uh, born again? You were born again by a word from God. How are you healed? You were healed by a word from God. Psalm 107.20, I don't know if we've got that one. Psalm 107.20, it says, He sent out His Word, and He healed them, and He delivered them from all of their destruction. How did God heal them? With His Word. How is God going to heal you? With His Word. How were you born again? By a Word. How are you healed? By a Word. How did Jesus come into the world? Gabriel shows up to Mary. He says, you're going to have a son. You're going to call his name Yeshua. For he shall save his people from their sins. And he says this. No word of God is devoid of power. And you know what she said? Be it done unto me according to thy word. And when she said that, the word became flesh. I'm here to tell you, friends, it works in every area of your life. It says, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. As we've received Christ, by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth, how we have been transformed is how we're supposed to walk in our everyday life. That's the reason why when we've got kidney issues, we speak to our kidneys. That's the reason why when we have heart trouble, we speak to our heart. That's the reason why when we have a gimp on our leg, we speak to our leg. Did Jesus do this stuff? Did Jesus talk to mountains? Did Jesus talk to trees? Did Jesus talk to storms? Absolutely he did. But yet we keep our mouth shut because we don't understand that it is a word from God that will change our circumstances. Well, we've got to hear and be healed. So what are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? You're going to receive that word. You're going to receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. By the stripes of Jesus, I receive it. I'm healed. I receive it. It's mine. I'm going to hear and be healed. I'm going to hear and be delivered. I'm going to hear and be increased. I'm going to hear and I'm going to see restoration. Mm. Amen. Oh, I'll tell you what, there's a lot. There's just a rich environment right here. There's a rich environment right here for anyone who wants to take advantage of it. Let's lift our hands and just begin to release our faith. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I just release. Hallelujah. Oh, the word has been released. The power's here. The power's here for restoration. Right now, in Jesus' name, there is inherent power right now by the word of God that will rejuvenate, revitalize, renew your body. Right now, in Jesus' name, he is Jehovah Rapha. Just that word alone, just that word alone will cause restoration and healing in your body right now. Just that word alone. Just thank him. Thank you, you're Jehovah Rapha. Thank you that you're the Lord who heals me. Thank you that you're the Lord that revives me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am what? So, hey, some of you need that strength. Start saying, I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. Strength, strength will come to you. Strength will come to you. Amen. I I want you to get a hold of this and understand this. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Notice that the blessings, listen to me, listen to me. Blessings are spiritual blessings. There has to be a transference or an exchange that takes the invisible and brings it into the visible realm. Your faith is the system that exchange the invisible things into visible things. God works from within. He's not working on the outside. So that means what's hurting you on the outside may not be initially affected. Because he's going to the root of the source of the pain. And then eventually it will dry up the fruit of that. Do you understand that? We'll get into this as we go, but God's word is medicine. It's not like medicine. It is medicine. And it is medicine for all your flesh. How does medicine work? 
When you take medicine, does it immediately alleviate the symptoms? No. It gets in your system. The things of God are spiritual. Where God connects with you is not in your flesh and not in your mind. You've got to stop thinking with your mind and thinking and feeling with the flesh because you're not going to understand and locate God there. Where God works is in your innermost being, in your belly, in your spirit man, in the new man, the new creation on the inside of you. All transference of the kingdom of God happens in your spirit. It is the transference of that spirit and the opening of the valve of your carnal mind to understanding what God has done in the spirit that releases or makes a highway or a pipeline to your physical life. You have all you need. God has supplied everything. Hello. I just sense blood flow issues. Right now, in Jesus' name, people are having problems and feeling numbness in their hands, their feet, in their arms. Right now, I want you to say this. I have... Rivers of living water that are inside me. I release them now into every fiber, into every cell of my body. Rivers of living water, life-giving, healing, flowing from my innermost being by his spirit. To my spirit, to my body, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got a river. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Just see that river coming from your innermost being. The Bible says, you know, Jesus said, out of your belly. John 7, 27. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the spirit. So the spirit is like a river. The power of a river. Not just a river, but rivers. Flowing, saturating your joints right now. Saturating your joints right now in Jesus' name. Saturating your foot right now in Jesus' name. Saturating your ankle right now in Jesus' name. Saturating your knee right now in the name of Jesus. Saturating your joints and your back right now in Jesus' name. I just see it just flashing and flowing all over, all over. All over. You got to see it. You got to see it. Because like I said, the word, the sound wave is physical, but the image you receive is spiritual. 
And the enemy is also trying to speak words that bring images into your life. It's only through the word of God that I get the proper image. Are you with me tonight? There's arthritis being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Arthritis being healed right now in Jesus' name. Just begin to move those arms, move those knees, move those ankles, move those joints. You're going to experience life-giving flow. Hallelujah. If the Lord's touching you, just hop right up and say, I'm touched right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just say it, man. You know, you're tapping in. You're, You're basically like that light bulb. You're coming on. You're saying, I'm not just letting the power just sit right here. I'm going to pop up and I'm going to say, I'm healed. I'm whole right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be sick. In fact, you shouldn't believe in sickness. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Right now in Jesus' name. Kidney troubles right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in Jesus' name. There's a flow. There's a flow here right now to your kidneys, to your kidneys right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this can happen at home. This can happen anywhere you want to be. Anywhere you need this, this is yours. You need to stop thinking it's outside of you and realize that if you're a believer here tonight, you have the life of God on the inside of you. The resurrection power of God is on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you right now. Everything that you need is power packed in your spirit. Learn to release it by renewing your mind to what Jesus has already done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Divine life, divine strength right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Divine strength right now in the name of Jesus. Released. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. He sets me free. Hallelujah. He sets me free. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I meant to get you out of here at eight, but I guess I blew that. But I believe it's been worth it. Amen. Hurry up and heal me, Lord. No, hurry up and hear. Get in the word. Feed your spirit. The more you do, praise God, faith will arise. When faith has arise, then it has to be appropriated. 
You see, just because electricity shows up doesn't mean that it's going to go where it needs to go. The way we do it is when faith arises, and you know when faith arises. You know when it shows up. I mean, my goodness, joy shows up. You begin to feel the confidence shift. You begin to feel everything shift. That's when you need to begin to declare out of your mouth and release that force out of your body and just say, in the name of Jesus, I see it in the scripture, and I believe that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. It is settled. This is mine. I'm not going to pray about it anymore. I'm just going to thank you for it because it's already done. Amen. It's already done. I said it's already done. It's already done. You need a word from God. You need a word from Christ. The way you get it is through hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Most people, they don't want to put themselves in a position of hearing. They would rather listen to talk radio. They'd rather listen to the news. They'd rather listen to music and listen to the word of God. And I'm telling you, friends, the only way you're going to feed your spirit, the only way you're going to be an overcomer is if you're constantly feeding upon the word of God. You have, you have to incline your ear to his things. You have to attend to his word. We're going to talk about that when later times. Amen? Amen. Now, we have people up here that will pray with you. If you find yourself, you know, needing help or assistance, If you were unable to connect, praise God, there are people that will assist and help you connect. Whether you need to be born again or need deliverance in your life or you need healing in your body, the the ministers will be up here after I close the service here in just a moment. Amen. Hallelujah. How many was blessed tonight? Did it help anybody? Glory to God. The Aleph Tav, the Word of God. Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.